Hi, welcome back to another edition of the Spike Bar podcast. Uh, apologies again, it's been a few weeks since I've been able to uh, uh, to get another podcast up, actually since um, Brooks Kepler's uh, Brooks Kepka, even uh, his evisceration of the rest of the world at the PGA Championship of Beth Page Black. Uh, what three, four weeks ago now? So, yeah, apologies. Um, work, bit of travel, bit of holiday, bit of golfing uh, has all gone away the past four weeks. But um, uh, pleased to be back and uh, with obviously the US Open at Pebble Beach this weekend. Going to give you a big uh, uh, overview of part, what to expect uh, pre pre. Um, uh, the Pebble Beach start on Thursday, two days' time. Um, first things first, let's kind of go over the last uh, three or four weeks. Um, obviously, have to start with Brooks Kepka winning his fourth major at the PGA Championship. Um, he just smashed the field, didn't he? Quite frankly, the course was perfectly set up for him, long as hell. The rough was thick. Um, he drove it unbelievably, apart from the last day. Um, so he was just hitting wedges in, whereas uh, most of the other guys were uh, seemed to be a lot further back than him. Um, it obviously got a bit tight on the Sunday he didn't play very well on the Sunday and DJ played very well so got within one shot at one point but ultimately he was never really in any uh in any sort of trouble um during that and and look two um two US Opens two PGA Championships he is the form player when it comes to majors and just seems to have a steeliness about him when it comes to majors that is undeniable uh, he's done it now for two and a half years so um, be interesting to see he's obviously going for the three-peat as they keep saying in the States um, this weekend be interesting to see how he gets on uh, this weekend more on that a little bit later um, the other thing I would say about um, the PGA Championship that stood out for me was a great finish by Matt Wallace um, yeah, yeah, again, finished up third it's only his second PGA Championship he's getting used to the major scene um, uh, having really come on come on sort of burst into uh, uh, prominence last year um, sort of beginning of last year with his three uh, European Tour wins so great to see him have such a strong week to finish third uh, so congrats to him um, so since then on the PGA Tour we have had the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial which is another great tournament at Fort Worth that was won by Kevin Nahr um, uh, Kevin Nars having a bit of a, you know a bit like Matt Kuchar having a kind of very nice 40s uh, it's his second win uh, in the last uh, 18 months I believe or 26 starts I think I saw uh, as part of winning he won a classic uh, Mustang, which he gave to his caddy, which was a nice touch. His caddy said to him on the Wednesday, "If you win, uh, will you give me that car?" He said yes, and he followed up, and he gave he won subsequently won and gave him the car. So well played, Kevin Nah, um, there for winning Charles, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, then we had um, one of the biggest tournaments on the PGA Tour all year, the Memorial Tournament, uh, which is obviously Jack's tournament, Jack Nicholas's tournament, which was won by Patrick Cantlay. Um, he is a class act incredibly slow um, horrifically slow over every single shot thankfully um, the broadcast has worked out how slow he is so they only cut to kind of last five ten seconds of his pre-shot routine before he pulls the trigger uh, but he is undeniably good in fact of the sort of 2011 class the Spieth Justin Thomas class um, uh, that came out from college he, he was by far the best amateur um, he's just got such a pure swing uh, he's definitely going to figure this week um, and a bit more uh, a bit more on that later on um, but it was also good to see Martin Keimer back to a bit of form 
he had the lead um, through 54 holes. It just faded a little bit on the Sunday. I didn't play too bad. They ended up coming third, um, but just so good to see him back. And he was just phenomenal uh, those first three days. Just shame he couldn't back it up on that last day. But as I say, great weekend from Cantlay to uh, uh, to uh, uh, to win that tournament. I think that's his second PGA tournament after the Shriners. So expect him to win more. He's just too good a player to not. Um, to not be contending more and more Cantlay as we move forward and then finally this last weekend we had Rory um, I mentioned evisceration uh, by Kepka at the PGA Championship well Rory completely eviscerated the field at the RBC Canadian Open over the weekend final round of 61 could have been a 59 they needed to birdie the last hole uh, to get a 59 but uh, ended up bogeying it in the end but just he was ridiculous yesterday driving phenomenal approaches ridiculous putter behaving itself um he's just so good when he plays like that it's it just looks so boringly easy for him um so uh just fascinating to see that you know when it comes to the pga tour he's i think he's been in 13 events this year he's already got top uh, 10 top 10s and uh, and two victories um Somehow he's not leading the FedEx Cup rankings despite having won the players and the RBC Canadian Open and having two more top 10s than Matt Kuchar. I know Matt Kuchar's won two events and I think he's played in a couple more um, on the PGA Tour but it seems ridiculous to me that the, the tournaments Rory's won and the fact he's got more top 10s that, that Kuchar has and he's still not winning but... Hey ho! Um, I suppose more uh, more on that in due course. He's still second in the FedEx Cup, so not not bad anyway from his perspective. Um, and in terms on on the European Tour, um, we had Bernd Wiesberger returning to form. Uh, he won the Made in Denmark Open, uh, holding off Robert McIntyre, who came on strong in the final round. Uh, Robert McIntyre is a name to look out for. He um, Graduated from the Challenge Tour last year. He's already had a couple of second places and a couple of uh, more top tens already on the European Tour. He just looks like a class class act. It's always great seeing a lefty play. And so I expect him to, to break through at some stage in a lot too distant future. But great to see Bernd Wiesberger back to some form. He was he was fabulous a couple of years ago. Um, in fact, he, he tends to contend in the majors too when he's in some decent form. So I wouldn't be... Um, totally surprised if he turned up this week um but nice to see him back and, and he played very well in the following week at the belgian knockout um eventually the winner of the belgian knockout was guido migliozzi a young italian uh, winning his second european tour title of the season he's a class act he hits the ball a mile and he launches himself at his driver so um he's obviously got the game uh, to move forward it'd be interesting to see if he can move it forward i know Italian golf was looking at uh, Manassero a couple of years ago when he broke on the scene as a 17-year-old and never really made it through, quite candidly, because he can't hit the ball far enough. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what Guido can do because he's definitely got the length. Um, not sure his body will hold up um, in the long run, but hey, look, he's uh, he's a joy to watch and uh, winning two titles on the European Tour um, in one season is no mean feat, so congrats to him. And then most recently, we had the Golf Sixes Tournament which is a really, I mean, Belgian knockout on the Golf Sixes of the European Tour trying to spice things up um, in terms of the formats. I really quite enjoyed the Golf Sixes this weekend. A bit more relaxed. 
Um, bit of fun. I mean, there's a bit quirky hitting the ball over a swimming pool. Okay, that's a bit interesting and a bit bit random, bit gimmicky. But uh, all in all, it just everybody seemed to have fun. It was great to see um, the women playing alongside the men. Um, so you have the German women's team and the British, uh, the English uh, women's team performing out there. Unfortunately, none of them made it through to um, the quarterfinals. But even so, it was still a good event with Thailand. Um, Tong Chai Jai Di and his partner Conrad May uh, getting uh, the better of Paul Waring and Tom Lewis, the English pair, in the final round. So uh, well done to those guys. And, and Jai Di is 49 years old. So congrats to him. Still plays some great golf. And he'll probably no doubt be looking forward to the Champions Tour next year. Um, and then finally, uh, the LPGA um, the Tour has had some fabulous events over the last uh, two or three weeks um, obviously the highlight of that is the uh, US Open uh, which, which a couple of weeks ago was won by Jong Young Lee 6 um, she's called Lee 6 because she's the 6 uh, Lee who is playing South Korean Lee who's playing on uh, the uh, on the LPGA Tour so just to differentiate herself um, she did very well she, she won by two shots holding off uh, a gaggle of people um, at four under including the likes of Lexi Thompson uh, so you know just another great young stud coming out of South Korea winning uh, so congratulations to her it was a really interesting tournament I think what was interesting I watched a little bit of the, the Women's US Open um, it, it wasn't played on a bombers course it was played on quite a strategic course so you had people like Jung Dong Lee who's not necessarily the longest hitters but is like super super accurate with her irons and she was holding off the likes of Lexi Thompson who is one of the longest if not the longest hitter on the LPGA Tour so you had that those different contrasts of styles playing well so it was it was good to um good to watch that the, the week before that we had Bronte Law uh, the English woman who won her first LPGA tournament, uh, she won the Kingsmill Championship by a couple of shots, holding off some uh, some very good players in the likes of Brooke Henderson. So, yeah, Bronte Law again is somebody for um, people to look out for in the future. She had a rookie season last year, fabulous rookie season last year. She always seems to be in the top twenty-five um, every week. She's getting better and better. It was great to see her get her first LPGA win. She was very close the week before. I think she was winning after 54 and ended up coming second or third, if I remember rightly. Uh, so fabulous to see her her winning her first tournament. And then finally, this last weekend, we had the switch around um, between Lexi Thompson and Jong Young Jong Young Lee six, uh, with Lexi Thompson winning by one shot from Jong Young Lee at the Shoprite LPGA Classic. So we had some really good, really good golf over the last few weeks. So apologies, I've not been able to um, give you some updates and picks to look forward to in those events. Talking of picks, uh, me and the lads have still been doing the picks, and we have to start applauding the invisible golfer Mark. He has been on a bit of a tear. He's won two out of the last three weeks. So he's moved himself off one point. He's now on three points. So well done to Mark. Uh, and I did give him a bit, a bit of grief when he chose Webb Simpson this last weekend. But more for us, he uh, he won the point. Webb obviously coming in, I think, third in the end, if I remember rightly. So well done to to Mark. He's up to up on three points. 
still a little way behind Adam and Simon, who are both on 10 points. And there's me leading the way with 11. Uh, I jumped over the guys because I picked Patrick Cantlay to win the Memorial, which he did. So I got a couple, I got a bonus point there for winning that. So as it stands, I'm on 11 points. Simon and Adam are on 10. And Invisible Golfer is on three. But there are lots of points to play for this week, given it's a major week. So let's get to it. US Open. We're now 11 minutes deep and uh, in the podcast and I've hit the US Open. So first things first, um, Pebble Beach has hosted the US Open uh, five times. In 1972, Nicholas won. 1982, Tom Watson won. 1992, Tom Kite won. Tiger won in 2000 and Graham McDowell won in 2010. So look, it's it's a known entity. It obviously hosts the Pebble Beach Pro-Am every year, uh, back end of January, early February. Um, it's a classic course. It's probably the most visually stunning course that the US Open on the US Open rotor, uh, without doubt. Holes four to ten along the uh, the um, the coastline, and obviously seventeen and eighteen are just so iconic. Beautiful, 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 beautiful golf holes. Um, it's not the longest of US Opens. It's only just over 7,000 yards. So look, compare that to Beth Page, which was just under 7.5. Um, and obviously Erin Hills a couple of years ago, which was 7.6. So it's it's relatively short, par 31. It's only playing 35 yards longer than when uh, GMAC won in, in 2010. Um, they have massively narrowed the fairways since the Pebble Beach Pro-Am earlier in the year and the rush is like joke lush and and thick as hell so the the things to really look out for um this week and 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 kind of what somebody's going to need to do to win is is hitting fairways um which sounds stupid but the greens are so small they're amongst the smallest in professional golf at pebble beach so hitting fairways is going to be a premium to then make sure that you get into the greens um if you miss the greens you're just going to have to have unbelievable short games so hitting fairways is key you don't need driver on every hole so this is not this is not like a bomber's paradise naturally those who hit it further will be hitting wedges in um obviously if you lay up and go in the rough or or hit it shorter and go in the rough then obviously you're giving yourself even more trouble but um uh, so it won't discount the longer hitters uh, but they won't have the um, overriding advantage that they did at say Bethpage um, so hitting fairways and greens is going to be absolutely important um, short game I just touched on there fabulous short game uh, is going to thrive there's going to be a need to get up and down um, people are going to be in horrific rough so think the like of you know, Spieth, Mickelson, Jason Day these short game wizards should be there or thereabouts this week and they're going to need their game on point whoever wins is going to have to scramble get up and down an awful lot um, other couple of points to really think about is they're obviously going back to California so it's Poana Greens out there um, the Greens tend to be a bit thin hard and bumpy uh particularly this time of year or in fact all times of year um so you know putting between that kind of three to ten feet range three to eight feet is going to decide who's going to win this championship um i saw a stat um thrown out by i think it was justin ray um on twitter uh, when tiger won in 2000 he holed 54 
out of 55 putts he had that week inside of eight feet. Now, granted, a lot of them would have been tap-ins, but inside eight feet is going to be absolutely fundamental. Whoever's nails inside eight feet will be there or thereabouts this week. And I think the final point, I sort of touched on it earlier, is it's sort of strategy. This is a thinking man's golf course. You don't have to take driver off every course. In fact, you could probably get away with taking driver maybe three, four times at most. Um, so it's about putting yourself in and ball striking. So it's good golf thinkers, strategic players, and, and ball striking is what's going to get it done this week for me. And obviously, then being good inside 10 feet. Um, in terms of the weather, it looks pretty fair, sort of sunny, cloudy all week, sort of late teens, um, 18, 19 degrees. The winds t- tend to be maxing out maybe sort of, I don't know, 12 to 16 miles an hour. So it's really not that taxing for a uh, for the course. It could be a lot a lot more challenging. Obviously, that could change, weather clearly could change, but that's kind of um, sort of makes it a fair test, I think. I know there's a lot of whining from some of the guys about the rough being too tough and the fairways being too narrow but look it's a US Open just deal with it hit the ball in the fairway hit the ball on the green and putt just just get on with it I don't mind it being a tough test I don't want it to be ridiculous um, like it got a little bit at Shinnecott where they quote lost the greens a little bit on the Saturday but I think a tough course difficult rough just get used to it um, I think it's those who are mentally strong will will prevail Um in terms of kind of storylines to really look out for, I mean, the obvious one is Kepka going for a three-peat. He's obviously won the last two US Opens, very different courses in Shinnecock and in Aaron Hills. Um, you've got Tiger obviously looking to emulate his triumph here in 2000 where he won by 15 strokes at Pebble Beach and just eviscerated everybody. And then, of course, you've got the Nike. Nike have won the last six majors since giving up making golf clubs. Are they going to make it seven in a row? Um, again, they've got... a Nice stable of boys wearing their gear, and a lot of them have a very good track record at this event. So, be interesting to see uh, this weekend. Right, in terms of here are some players that I think you should look out for this week, and I'm then going to give you some players to potentially avoid. Um, and I'm giving you some, some pedigree names to avoid just from my point of view, and then I'll talk about our picks. Uh, more importantly, a bit later on. So look, but players to look out for for me, I think number one is DJ. He's won twice at Pebble, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. In 2010, when GMAT won, he was leading after 54 holes before he imploded in the last um, round. He shot an 82 and the last round to finish way off the pace. And yet, I think he's still finishing in the top 10, but just he was leading by three going into the final round and just had a meltdown. Um, he's been runner-up in the past two majors, uh, and plus had a top three last year at Shinnecock. He plays well in the majors. How he's not won more is beyond me, um, but I certainly I certainly anticipate that he will have a good showing this week. Tiger Woods, um, I think is again it's a bit of an obvious, and it's he's the greatest player of all time in my opinion. Uh, granted, I haven't seen a huge amount of Jack Nicklaus, but just given what he's done to fields historically and the strength of the fields versus what Jack was playing in I would contest is probably stronger now than it was back then he's the best strategic golfer in the world without doubt and probably you could say the best iron player still he doesn't have to hit driver that often so this should stack up well for him and his putting his nails again so I expect him to be contending um 
I've got Rory in here. Look, he seems to have a problem in the majors at the minute. He's like the best PGA Tour player. And it's not even close as far as I'm concerned. He's leading so many different categories, including strokes, gain to tee and on approach uh, on the PGA Tour stats. But he just doesn't seem to be able to do it at the minute in the majors. But the form with which he showed last weekend, you just can't, surely can't discount him. Um, uh, It'll be interesting to see how he does. Let's put it that way. And then I've got some some guys who are in some really good form at the minute. Patrick Cantlay and Adam Scott both of whom are in good form. They turn up in the big events. Obviously, Cantley won the other week at Memorial, and in fact, Adam Scott was second there. Adam's played pretty well this year, and he's turned up at the majors. He always seems to turn up at the majors. And for me, alongside Rory and Tiger, he's the best iron player on tour. So T to green, if he can get his putter working, which sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't, he's a bit Jekyll and Hyde, but if he can get that putter working, I think he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts. And then the rest of these guys are kind of, for me, they've got pedigree on this course and in California. So I've got Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. Spieth is showing unbelievable short game skills. His long game is still not great, but he's showing a real turnaround. He's had four top tens in the last four weeks since the PGA Championship. He's been top 10 every single time. So fingers crossed that will continue. Jason Day's played very well at Pebble Beach before and is a California specialist. Talking of which, Brant Snedeker, at an outsider at 50 to 1, he's a Poana specialist when it comes to putting. He's a great putter, super aggressive putter. He's been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde at Pebble Beach, but he's he's done very well there in the past. Um, I, he's somebody I would definitely have an each way bet on, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, as would the next guy, Paul Casey. Uh, again, he plays very well in kind of these more strategic, ball striking courses. That's that's his, his game. Getting tee to green and if his putter is hot enough he obviously came second at Pebble Beach Pro-Am earlier in the year he probably should have won that but obviously Phil did play an outstanding final round to will to win but again Casey plays pretty well here in Pebble Beach and he's not bad in the wind if the wind gets up too so I expect Casey to be there or thereabouts in terms of players to avoid um controversial maybe not maybe not giving him enough credit but I think I have given him enough credit is, is Brooks Kepka. Um, I think there's a, he seems to be immune to pressure, although the last 10 holes of the PGA Championship maybe would sort of point you to say that he did feel a bit of pressure there. Um, but look, there's a huge amount of pressure for him to win three in a row. He is definitely not um, sort of second in the thoughts process. I mean, historically, he's always been Tiger, Rory and... And then Brooks has been so far down the list, we've not even thought about him, even when he won a couple of majors. I I just think that there's going to be so much pressure on him to win this event. And it's not the course isn't ideally set up to his strengths. Um, there's going to be a lot of occasions where he doesn't need his driver. He's just so much longer and straighter than most of the field. Um, that That's his strengths. And I just don't think that's going to line up this week. And historically, he's not been the best on Puana Greens. So with those two things in mind, I I still think I'd be amazed if he's not inside the top 10, top 15, but I just don't think he'll win this week. Um, in terms of others, like Justin Rose for me, Justin Thomas, look, Rose hasn't been playing well enough, I don't think, the last couple of months. And plus, he's really struggled with his putting again inside kind of 10, 15 feet. It's just not set up this well. I just don't think his ball striking is good this year. Um, well, certainly last... I would say two months than from 
I suppose, August 2017 to January this year. So the last couple of months, he's just not quite had it. Justin Thomas, it's too soon back from injury. Um, I just think he'll struggle this week. I, you know, looked him for him to maybe try and chew his game up for for the Open uh, in in a month or so time. But I just think the US Open's come a little bit too soon for him. Ricky Fowler, um, he's never really done that well at Pebble. Um, he's played here twice, made a T twenty seven back in two thousand and ten, and and a missed cut. Um, I just don't. I just think there are too many other players playing better uh, than him at this stage. And the, the other one, which is John Rahm, um, I love John Rahm, and he's unbelievable in California in January um, his history there won a, winning a couple of events coming close and a couple of others he's obviously won the Pairs event at Zurich Classic a few weeks ago but his form his form the last month has been pretty sketchy he missed the cut PGA Championship missed another cut at the Memorial just not playing that well at the minute so if you told me at the beginning of the year I would have picked John Rahm at the beginning of the year to definitely be there or thereabouts but I just don't think he's going to do it this week. I just don't think his form's good enough. So look, looking at the betting, um, you've got DJ Rory leading eight to one, uh, closely followed behind by Kepka at ten, uh, nine to one, Tiger at twelve to one, Cantlay at eighteen to one, then Spieth at twenty to one, then Fowler Rose at twenty-five to one, Shoffley Ram and JT twenty-eight to one, and then Fleetwood Day, Adam Scott, and Hideki Matsuyama at thirty-three to one. Um, a couple of other names throughout there: Mickelson, Snedeker at fifty to one. So look, in terms of picks this week, uh, the gents. I'm going to start with the gents. Let's go with the gents. So Simon has gone with his winner as Tiger Woods at twelve to one. Just a great pick. Pedigree down at Pebble Beach. It's won there numerous times. Uh, he doesn't have to play his driver. He can play lots of long irons. He's unbelievable tee to green when he's with mid irons and everything else. If he can putt well this week, he's definitely going to be there. I'll be astounded if he's not in the top five. I will be astounded if he's not in the top five. He'll have to. Uh, yeah, I just it's just so set up for him. So his winner this week is Tiger Woods. Obviously, we always have an outsider pick as well. So he's gone with Ian Poulter at 125 to one, and again, I really like that pick. I think that's a fabulous pick. 125 to one, uh, good player, playing decent form. Again, he's not the longest of the tee, so again, this will set up well for him if he has a good week, good strategy week. If you think of the other courses like Harbour Town. Um, uh, and so on, where he, Ian Paul has had a great track record, and again, it's not quite on the coast, but you know where you've got to be a bit more strategic, get the ball in play, etc. I think he, you've got to go with Ian Poulter. I think that was a great pick um, there uh, at 125 to one. Adam has gone for Tommy Fleetwood at 33 to one. I really, I love Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I think he's a fabulous player. I nearly put him in my players to avoid this week. So I feel a bit guilty there saying that. Um, and I know he's played really well in the US Open, obviously second last year to Brooks and fourth the year before in, in at Aaron Hills. So he loves obviously loves the US Open, likes a tough setup. Just, yeah, I'm not sure. Just not sure it's ideal for him. I don't know why. Um, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I think he's just a fabulous player. I would love to see him win it. Um, but 33 to 1. I do like I do like Tommy, but I'm not convinced he's going to do well this week, uh, is my gut reaction. Um, and his outsider pick is his favourite player of all time. That's good old Luke Donald. 
350 to 1. Luke is a legend. I absolutely love that that bloke. Um, it's got probably the most beautiful swing, most metronomic swing in golf. Just what a, what a player. This course will set up nicely for him again. He's not the longest of the tees. Great strategic golf player. Seems to be getting back a bit of form. Obviously got through here through sectionals. He had to qualify through the sectional qualification. So well done to him for doing that. I really like that as an outside pick. Luke Donald, 350 to 1. And then Mark, invisible golfer. The hot, the hot pick man at this moment in time. He has gone with my first choice. Um... So obviously being a humble host, I let the gents pick first and then I pick last. So he went with Patrick Cantlay at 18 to 1. Obviously Patrick won the Memorial a couple of weeks ago. He had a run at the Masters earlier in the year. I think he ended up coming fourth, tied for fourth if I remember rightly, at the Masters in some good form. Uh, plays well in California, has done pretty well. There's a couple of top tens in the Pebble Beach program before and he's a good player he's just a good player just wish he would speed up so um, 18 to 1 really like him and Mark's outsider pick is a controversial one because it's at 80 to 1 but we have allowed it we have uh, unanimously allowed him to have it it's a historical uh, pick uh, and that's Graham McDowell Graham McDowell uh, at 80 to 1 obviously winner in 2010 he's in a bit of decent form his finish last weekend at the RBC Canadian Open meant that he got into the Open at uh, Royal Port Rush which is his home course so well done to GMAT for, for getting the qualification for the Open my only thing is because of the amount of emotional energy he will have expended last weekend to make sure he got to the Open what's he going to have left in the tank I think, again, like Luke, like Ian, like Tiger, this course will set up well for him because it won't rely on driving. It's about getting the ball in the fairway, getting the ball on the green, making some putts. He can do that. He's done it beforehand at this course, at this venue, in this US Open. So uh, another really good pick uh, there from Mark. He should be... I'll be surprised if he doesn't pick up some points this weekend. So look, main event coming to me... um, so my winner was somewhat compromised. I had Patrick first and then Tiger second. So I'm going for my third choice, um, which won't seem like a third choice. I'm actually going Dustin Johnson, 8-1. to one. Um, He's going to get over the fact that he had a nightmare final round in 2010. He's won two um, Pebble Beach Pro-Ams beforehand. He plays well on this course. He plays well in the majors. He's just not won enough. He's too good a player to have only won one major for me. I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but I just think he's too good a player to have only won one. Um, so at eight to one, I'm going with DJ as my winner. And my outsider here, I've got three that I like. So on the cuff, I'm going to pick one. I am going to go with Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner, 125 to one. Again, for the same reasons I've said for the other guys, not long off the tee, but he shouldn't be penalised for that. He's a great putter. Um, good iron player. He's he's gritty as well. He plays well in majors. He's a great match play player. I think good match play players play well in the US Open because you need the mental fortitude to do well. So I really like uh, yeah, I really like Kevin Kisner. I will give you my other two names in case you're interested in longer shots. Matt Fitzpatrick. Look for him to do well for the same reasons as Kevin Kisner, and see uh, he's also 125 to one, and Siwoo Kim at 150 to one in good form this year, fourth in the Pebble Beach program earlier in the year, and again he just fits the same bill, ball in play, and he can get streaky with the butter. So look, there you've got it. There's our picks this week. 
I'm hoping for uh, another big week for uh, Invisible Golfer. He's the hot man at the minute. He's won two out of the last three weeks. He's slowly but surely clawing us back in. He could have a big week this week, couldn't he? So uh, good luck, good luck, gents, and good luck with your picks. And it'd be fa- fascinating, if not a very picturesque looking US Open out of Pebble Beach. For now, though, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the golf, and I'll catch up with you next week. Cheers. Thank you.